This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin. Okay, Ana Maria Sayer or Carmen San Diego, where have you been recently? What have been some of your favorite spots? Because you are all over. I can't even keep track of you. <laughs> okay, Felix. Well, I love everywhere that I've been, but if I had to pick one, one that's popping into my brain right now is Bogota in Colombia. I went for BME, a music conference, back in May. So I had an amazing time, sang my heart out at karaoke, met a ton of people from all over the Latin music world, and I love going to conferences like this because it really does feel like the whole familia is there you know you really get to feel that sense of like wow this community is so big and so diverse and it was just a really special experience because of that that's one of the things I like about this gig is being able to connect with people from far-flung locations at these conferences and then make those connections and see how it's interpreted in the music I know you do always talk about that. But you know what I did find really interesting is that I had so many conversations where somehow being between two worlds came up. You know how people talk about that? Like I had a friend from Bogota who moved to the U.S. at 18 and then moved back to Bogota and doesn't feel quite from Colombia or from the U.S. Another friend who moved from the DR is a younger age, spent years in New York, went back to the DR. Artists who grew up in the U.S. and never lived in their countries of origin but feel the connection and vice versa. There's just so much going on for people, but everyone shares that feeling. Yeah, it is a common part of the experience of these musicians when they ignore actual borders and they actually at the same time ignore genres, which I think is part of the whole magic of of the contemporary music scene right now. But the thing is, of all of those people that I met, no one, I think, probably ever has struck me as straddling multiple worlds more than our guest today, poppy, hip-hop, R&B, mix of all genres artist Yendry. She was born in the Dominican Republic, raised in Italy. I asked her during our interview where she lives now, and she couldn't quite give me an answer. Quite the citizen of the world these days. Uh, Sounds familiar. Sounds like somebody I know. Okay, Felix. But the thing is, her story is very much one of finding a way to marry her cultures. The Italian that she grew up in, the Dominican in her blood... She finds the interesting pieces and creates something out of that, almost taking the synergy between the two cultures and making something new. I started the conversation asking her about what it was like growing up in Italy. I would say it's always divided into different, you know, periods of time. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I got there, it was obviously a big cultural shock because I didn't speak the language. Me and my mom, we spoke only Spanish. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, it was easier for me because I was four years old and she was like 28. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of hard for her to pick up on everything. 
and I had to go to school. So I was like, okay, this or, you know, it's like you go into a survival mood. You're like, wow, all these guys are talking to me in a language that I don't understand. So I better try to figure out how to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little bit of a shock. And plus, everybody was white. And I was the only brown girl in in that little city, little town in the countryside. So I remember my mom told me that I used to be like, oh, mom, I want like straight hair like them. Why is my skin different? You know, because they're kids, so obviously they're reminding you that you're different, that you look different from mm-hmm. them, from them, because it's like a, a news, you know, for them, something new. Mm-hmm. And my mom had to explain to me, okay, because you were born in a place, you know, the way you explain to kids, it's something like, yeah, you know, that that's not very easy sometimes to explain to them. And and she would she would say to me, oh, because you were born in an island where there's a lot of sun, so your skin had to create more melanin and that's why it's looking brown Mm. so you know your skin has to protect yourself from the sun and that's why we're brown and they they don't need it that much because here it's more cold and stuff like Mm. that so she definitely had to like explain and introduce me to you know like that proud you know Mm -hmm. to be as I am and then as a teenager I was I switched off completely from Spanish and my Dominican culture because I wanted to be accepted. So I was Mm. like, okay, I'm Italian, (laughs) you know. I speak Italian better than you guys. You know, I'm Mm. very good at school. I used to, like, have good notes at school just because I feel like I have always had to prove Mm -hmm. myself and be, like, the one that's doing it better. Yeah. It was, like, a way of showing people that, you know, I can do it too. And then at a certain point when I was, like, around, like, 17... I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, okay, there's something different about me. Like my essence, you know, there's something different. Mm-hmm. Different. So I need to figure out what's that. Mm. And I kind of embraced, you know, my culture and I was like, okay, I got to I gotta figure out what's there. Mm. And I started to speak Spanish way more. And I met my father for the first time when I was 17. I went to New York to meet him and I was forced to speak Spanish with him because that was the only way to communicate. So I was like, okay, reset. I really have to, like, you know, connect with my roots. And from there, I feel like I feel way better. I grew up with my mom and my stepfather. That's my father for me, you know, because I met him when I was four. Mario, he was an incredible father to me, you know, like Italian. In, yeah, Italian. <laughs> Mario used to listen to his vinyls, and he used to listen to a lot of. He's Italian, but he used to listen to a lot of like Michael Jackson, Barbara Streisand, The Bee Gees, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, Whitney Houston, he was crazy about Whitney. So we used to spend like our like Sundays, you know, listening to those vinyls, you know, in the garage. Wow. He had like <laughs> in the garage, fixing bi- bicycles. It was really cool. I definitely grew up around music a lot. 
Was that just you and him together doing that? Like, was your mom there? It was just, that was a thing you guys... No, my mom was listening to Selena. <laughs> and in La another India. part of the house. She was upstairs. <laughs> you know, limpiando. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, that's when moms, you know, I feel like all the music that I sunk in was coming from her, you know, during, on the Sundays, you know, on the weekends when Mm -hmm. she used to clean. She was like, okay. And she was like, amor prohibido. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) And we used to, I used to be like, what, what is she like? What is she doing? And now I love those songs. So where were them. you? Were you just running up and down the stairs up and listening down. to everything? Yeah. <laughs> That's the story of my life between two different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all there. It was all accessible for you in, in one home yeah. in Italy. Yes. And that's cool. That's cool because nobody in my family, like no one in my family is in the music industry or ever played anything or thought of, even thought about singing or, you know, playing an instrument. So I was really like the weirdo of the family. <laughs> what do you want to do? Music? <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> They're like, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what do you actually want to do? <laughs> yeah, my mom, oh, poor girl. She was like, poor woman. She was like, so you want to like sing? Like they've always been like very supportive. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, coming from a very humble family they were like working a lot I would take care of my two brothers all the time because they were like always constantly working and my mom I remember one day she was like I crossed the ocean to give you like access to education you know and Mm -hmm. different opportunities and you're telling me that you want to go to study philosophy at the university Mm -hmm. I was like yeah mom but I want to do it for myself, you know, for my own culture, personal culture. And, and she was like, yeah, but what job that's going to give you? Yeah. And I was like, I don't need a job. I already have a job. I'm a singer. She was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, she told me, like, listen, that's a very hard uh, journey, you know. So she told me, just be prepared and... Keeping your head that you have to be like very determined if you want to follow that. And you have a beautiful voice. My mom told me, like, you have a beautiful voice, and I'm not just telling you because I'm your mom. She's very, she's very honest. Like, trust me, when I was playing volleyball, she was not telling me I was good. <laughs> so yeah, she told me you have an amazing voice, and you know, when you sing, you kind of like transmit something. So just like that's your thing, and just be prepared to like go through hard times but that's gonna you know if you believe in it just go for it that was the best advice I got from her what do you think she she meant when she said you transmit something I think there's something that you can't really, because I never really studied music or, you know, singing lessons. But there's something that you can't really teach to someone. You know, when you feel something from somewhere, mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhere inside me or somewhere far from me, I don't know. I feel like you can connect to people through voice. 
like voice is one of the best yeah. instrument ever and it doesn't need to be technically you know right or technically good you know sometimes there's people that have like these crazy voices and you're like whoa or there's people that are not really very in tune mm -hmm. but they they give you like All emotions and feelings so I feel like that's what she meant you know mm -hmm. I sometimes I cry when I sing you know it's something that deep that I feel I feel it so deep that and she cried before listening to me you know so I feel that's what she yeah that's what she meant I mean, what what do you think that meant for her? What do you think she was hearing or does hear in your voice? I don't know. Um, definitely now that she saw me on stage for the first time, like last November. That was her first time? That was her first time <gasps> seeing you on stage. Why? It's because... I've always been like doing my thing and you know I had the jazz band and then a more like ex experimental electronic band mm -hmm. and that thing was not really her you know kind of music so she came before to a show a long time ago but I, what I was doing was covers you know mm -hmm. they were covers and just voice and guitar and I feel like seeing me on a stage singing my own songs like music that I wrote that have my own story in it and some stories are about her as well that touches you know that hits differently I yeah think, for her and I just think she's very proud you know what she told me but I just think she's very proud of the fact that I just kept doing my thing and um and I really acknowledge the sacrifice that she did moving to another country mm -hmm. for me you know, mm -hmm. to, for her, but also for me. So I feel like she, she understands it. What, what drew you to singing initially? When did you first start singing? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say when I really started. Um, I have a video of me when I was six, and I was like dancing la macarena. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, then, good start. Yeah, and then I was. <laughs> I had this like guitar toy and I mm -hmm. and I was singing an Italian song and it was really bad. You know, mm. like my voice was obviously like a kid's voice. And I was completely out of tune and it was really bad, but I just enjoyed it so much. And I feel like I grew up just singing everything I heard, you know, I used to listen to. And I started singing by imitation. You know? Yeah. When I heard I don't know, like the Destiny's Child and Britney Spears, you know, what was on MTV, you know, uh, the Black Eyed Peas, all of that. I was like, whoa, I'm singing that, you know? Mm -hmm. I used to recreate sounds. Mm -hmm. And that got me to a place where I used to spend my days just like learning songs, learning mm -hmm. how to sing songs. So I had two goals. One was recreate like Whitney Houston voice, which was very hard, you know, <laughs> if you don't know how to sing. Mm -hmm. You're like, and I 
<laughs> give it all, you know. <laughs> I can see. I can. I. I wonder how your mom came to support because listening to that for hours. It was really bad, but she was like, "Let's go, babe." <laughs> wow, that is love. That yeah, is. She love was like, right "That's there. commitment." And sometimes she would tell me like, "Te puedes callar, por favor, como un segundo, porque siempre está con cantando y cantando y cantando." Mm -hmm. And the second goal was to learn how to was to learn English because I really wanted mm. that. So I was like, okay, I need to, you know, sing this. Mm -hmm. So we kind of started like that. It was like a process. We'll get back to this fantastic interview with Yendry right after this break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. When you book through Capital One Travel using the Venture X Card, you earn 10X miles on hotels and rental cars and 5X miles on flights, and you earn unlimited 2X miles on all other purchases. Plus, receive a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you... If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. And we're back with Anna's conversation with Yendry. You mentioned that you started singing at school and that's when you really realized that that people wanted to listen, right? Was that still at a time in your life in Italy where you were really feeling this urgency to to assimilate and to be Italian and to to kind of really be a part of just being accepted there? Yeah, 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 because that was like during the whole process, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was in those times. And that's another thing that I find interesting. The reason why I don't sing in Italian now is because I don't like the sound of my voice in Italian when I'm singing. Mm. It's a very, like, particular thing. I just don't like it right now. I feel like I haven't found my my dimension, you know, mm -hmm. with it. So since I started, probably because I started imitating, you know, people that I used to sing in English, I like how my voice sounds more in English mm -hmm. and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, like, I remember I didn't sing in Spanish. Like with my jazz band, I used to sing in English. And one day, but I was already 22, one day they were like, okay, what did you bring? Because we used to bring like songs uh, that were out already and rearrange them. And I was like, actually, I listened to this song called Mechita and I listened to the version of Silvia Perez Cruz. Mechita de mis ensueños. 
Tu juventud atesora todo el mundo de esplendor. And I don't know why I felt something, so I would like to try to arrange this one. They were like, cool, let's try. And I sang it for the first time, and they were like, wow, there's something in your voice when you sing in Spanish. And I, and I was like, yes, I got goosebumps, and I was about to cry. So I feel like I have to investigate more about it. So I took a trip to DR by myself. Wow. <laughs> and... Um, I used to go to the art, but just like, you know, to your grandma's house and then you stay there in the patio and just a comer como locos. And that's that's all, you know. You don't really like travel that much because mm-hmm. my family's from a barrio and you go there and that's it. You know, that's the city, you know. So I was like, no, I'm taking a trip and I'm going around the island. I need to figure out things about myself and I wanna like get to know. And after that, when I came back, I started writing in Spanish, and I just never stopped. Yeah. So I started singing in Spanish because of that. And what did that feel like for you at this point? Because, I mean, you came from the DR, you've been living in Italy for years, you grew up imitating Whitney Houston, and now here you are singing in Spanish. Like, (laughs) what... Did that? How did that feel for you? Did it feel like something finally clicked? Yeah, I feel like that click was also like reflected on the way I make music, just like accepting my weirdness and my taste in music. Because yeah. before I've always felt like I was the outsider of the family, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously they listen to bachata, reggaeton, eh, merengue, or pop music. And I used to listen to like the Overphonic and Radiohead and Bjork and Arca and Boreal. And my mom, you know, like they wouldn't recognize those sounds. They would be mm-hmm. like, oh, what is this? Como es este ruido? You know, it's like, what is this noise you're listening to? And by the way, it's not because they, you know, they didn't appreciate, but they didn't know that type of music. And I like experimental music, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like the outsider, but now, After I found my dimension, then it's way easier for me to just experiment with that as well and put a little bit of that into my music, you know? Like, after that, now I wouldn't be afraid of insert some elements from, let's say, affix twin music into a merengue, you know? Like, I wouldn't mind, you know? I'm like, okay, I'm open to do it. But before, I just... I was a little bit more lost. See what I don't like when people are like, oh, that artist music changed. Of course it changed (laughs) because music is a reflection of what I'm living and what I'm experiencing and what I'm getting influenced by. So, of course, the music that I'm going to make in one ear may be more rock than what I'm making now because maybe I spent, let's say, a few months with a rock band or learning how to play guitar and I fell in love with a electric guitar you know I feel like some people need to understand that we're human 
and then we just put our experiences into music and we develop like my taste has been developing constantly in music in food in clothes everything i have some songs that are in english and it's because they were just born that way and i'm not gonna force yeah a language you know i have a song with damien marley and i remember when i went to his studio it was not like a orga an organized session like i met his producer to work together and he was like hey I like your approach to music and I feel like Damien would like it so let's bring you to the studio I was like cool <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah sure yeah sure of course and I realized we were jamming and it just came out in English I can see that you're a hunting boy you wanna waste my time you you have the loving when my want employ you have the loving when my want enjoy. So now that you've trapped your whole family into being more into the music that you want them to be listening to, um, what does that mean for, for future projects? Does that mean, you know, you're going to lean more bachata, you're going to lean more into some of your, your more electronic beats? Like, what are you feeling for the future? Well, so I feel like I've been putting out a lot of singles. Mm -hmm. And... That could be a cool thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but sometimes people don't know what to expect from me. <laughs> They're like, oh, what is she gonna do now? <laughs> Which is cool for me, because that gave me like a sort of out of the box, you know, label. So I already like, that gave me like the freedom to actually, you know, just create yeah. and not worry too much about, oh, this is the genre I need to go for. Yeah. But I feel like it comes also like I said, when you develop as a person, then everything changes. So now I have an album that it's almost ready, but I feel like I made it like time ago. Mm. And now I feel like I have to adjust it to who I am now and my sound now, which could be tricky because some songs, you know, they were born that way. So it's hard to. Right. And sometimes people don't really get it. It's like, oh, you put that song out. Yeah, but I made it like three years ago. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's tricky. So I feel like now I found few elements that are gently, you know, mm -hmm. that are me. I like choirs and I like to stack a lot of voices, you know, yeah. the backing vocals. And I love dramatic stuff and I love synthesizers and I love like the synth bass more than anything else. And I love percussion. So now I have elements that I can create with and just... Right. But I, it's still not going to be like one genre because mm. that's just not my thing. It's not who you are. No. <laughs> not one genre. Like one of my, like one of the favorite, like my favorite artists as well, I could say they have no, you know, genre like mm -hmm. Outcast or, you know, mm -hmm. Apex Twin. You know, they don't really do one thing. Yeah. And I can see myself in that. Do you feel like you have anything in your life now that is the equivalent of you running up and down the stairs listening to Selena up top and to, to jazz on the bottom? I feel like I'm constantly between those words. Like I'm constantly speaking... Italian with my friends on my phone 
and then um, speaking English with my boyfriend and also Spanish with him and also like Spanish with my Dominican family. So I'm constantly like my team, they all speak English. So I'm working in English, but then, you know, like I have everything is kind of in section, but all these sections, they just like, yeah, they're all together. So it's a little bit of a chaos. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like it's my whole life has been that that metaphor of me going yeah. upstairs and downstairs you know yeah and it's it's hard because like when i'm in italy i'm like whoa i'm in italy and i switched to italian and i'm eating my italian food and then i go to the yard and i'm like vamonos estamos aquí <laughs> you know it's like different it's like having different you know <laughs> identities yeah. different personality <laughs> Okay, Anna, you covered a lot of ground on that, and I'm really just even more impressed with how she juggles all of those cultural inputs from her cultural background, where she grew up in Italy, even adopting the life here in the United States and the music industry here in the United States. So many different things. A fascinating conversation. You know what I loved, Felix, and I feel like we've experienced this before with a number of like younger artists, is I really felt... Like, we were catching her at a moment where she's still so thoroughly, like, entrenched in this process of discovering where she's at and who she is, you know? Like, she has all of these different parts that are that are kind of contributing to, to what she makes as a musician and just, like, what she feels as a person as she's, like, navigating Italy and the DR and the U.S. and all of these things. But I'm so excited to see, like what she ultimately leans into, you know? The way that she's playing with how she produces her music and with what feels the most natural and the most authentic to her in terms of the language that she uses, I mean, I just feel like that's so representative of of an artist like her in a sense that they really have to sort out all the parts of who they are and they do that through the music you know they do that through playing with how they produce it and what language they sing in and the fact that that's the tool she's using to be like this is who I am and this is where I'm from is just incredible to me that's exactly why I continue to love to do this show for a number of reasons right but that specifically just running into musicians as we've done the whole time we've been doing a show we run into musicians right as they're developing, and then we watch them grow and develop and become the musicians that they are. Jenry's exactly at that same spot, exactly the same spot. It's, it's, I'm so glad you guys talked about that. So thanks for bringing in that interview because I, I really enjoyed it. And that's going to do it for this week. You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps things on track is Grace Chung. Our audio producer for this episode is Isabella Gomez Sarmiento, and our production assistant is Jerusalem Truth. Mil gracias to our interns, Sofia Seidel and Pilar Galvan, and to the main man, the jefe and chief, Keith Jenkins, the VP of Music and Visuals. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. And I'm Felix Contreras. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you next week.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.